When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We are quickly approaching my favorite weekend of the football season. It's divisional weekend. Just because the matchups are always so intriguing. And you have two days of football. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, and for the guys, and there's one team that's in the playoffs and still alive in the playoffs. That's a bit of a shocker, Michael. And it's not just because they had to win their final five games to end up winning their division. Probably has a lot to do with them being down 27 nothing last yes. week and then rallying and still coming from behind to defeat the Chargers in advance to this upcoming game against the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are a very interesting team because they're young. With Doug Peterson as their head coach, they've become a pretty fun offensive team. And they kind of seem set up for some success based on the... Ooh, how do I want to word this? dumpster fire of a division that they're in. <laughs> it, it, it very much is. By the way, Gabe, thank you for saying Jaguar and not Jaguars. I don't understand people who say Jaguars. They're like, the car is a Jaguar. The animal is a Jaguar. There's no wire in there. I, I don't know where <laughs> don't, you get that. I, I don't know if that's a Midwestern thing. I'm in, I'm in Wisconsin. I don't know if like Midwestern people want to throw the wire in there. I, I don't know if that's like an us thing up here, but I've certainly heard it a lot up here as well. Oh, I have as well. I mean, I've also heard people pronounce it like Falcons, and it's Falcons. But anyway, uh, to your point, I, I get off on tangents here occasionally here on Kenny and Carlin. But no, the, the Jags, to me, are set up incredibly well because you have the coach, you have the quarterback, you have the young pieces around you, you have some really good defensive players, and the rest of your division is at the moment either searching for a quarterback or a coach or both, in if you are the Houston Texans, or frankly the Indianapolis Colts, you don't. That's too, half of your division is going to have a new quarterback and a new head coach. Like that's not a recipe for instant success. I'm not going to say that they can get on a run like the Patriots did in the AFC East for so many years because I don't think that's realistic. But I, I, like a team like that you cover, the the Green Bay Packers game, mm-hmm. they they won the NFC North what seven to nine years. At one point, yeah, something like something that. Like that yeah. I mean, I could easily see the Jaguars with the way that they are built at the moment being able to have that type of success, that type of run, probably similar to what the Colts had when they had Peyton Manning and when they had Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, where they can go on this run and be the dominant team in a division for a while because of how they're set up and because of how many of these guys are still young players and the fact that they can still build. And, oh, yeah, they might have the best. Well, we'll see what happens with who gets hired. But they also have, at least as of now, the best coach in the division. No offense to Mike Vrabel, but Doug Peterson's been there before. Yeah, and Mike Vrabel, I think, is a really respected coach. And unfortunately for him, the roster just wasn't very good. He was able to win a lot of games early, just couldn't close them out late and win the games that he needed to late because of, well, the lack of quarterback. When your best option at quarterback 
is somebody who hasn't really been there in Josh Dobbs, you're just in a bad spot because that's the most important position in the NFL. And they still almost won that game against Jacksonville at the end of the season with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. And maybe he's their answer going forward. They decide to roll the dice with Dobbs being a younger younger quarterback or maybe they go out and try to get somebody else. That should not be their answer, game nights. So I'm like, in no, you. Well, I take that back. I just finished reading a book. Since we're theming this with books today here, I just finished reading a book called Recursion by Blake Crouch, which talks about like dead memories and alternate timelines. Maybe there is a timeline where the aero, <laughs> where the aerospace engineer Josh Dobbs makes sense as a long-term answer at quarterback. But I can tell you, the timeline that we are in right now, Gabe Neitzel, is not the timeline where Josh Dobbs makes sense in any way as a long-term answer at quarterback. They need to figure it out whether they want to go forward with Brian Tannehill for another year or they want to maybe give Malik Willis a shot, although based off of what we've seen, I don't get the sense that that's the way they're going to go, or if they're going to end up entering the free agency or trade market to find a quarterback. Because I just want to make it clear. I say Doug Peterson is the best coach in that division, and he is right now. But that does not mean that I think Mike Vrabel is a bad coach at all. Mike Vrabel is a fantastic coach. He is a high-level coach in the NFL, one of the most successful, but you can't argue with Doug Peterson's success in Philly or what he did in a first-year turnaround from an absolute dumpster fire, and we're talking about like one of those industrial-grade dumpsters that like sit outside of your house when you're moving and you're trying to throw everything away. That was the Jaguars last year with Urban Meyer. Yeah, here's uh, Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson talking about what this run, they've won their last five games of the regular season, make it six in a row with the playoff game, and here's what this run has meant for Jacksonville. It means a lot. You know, it means that, uh, again, we're heading in the right direction. You can see the kind of the joy in their faces, you know, again, for kind of where they've been and, and where we're headed, and uh, I think that's... I think that's exciting for everybody, you know, and especially for those guys that have been here and kind of suffered through some lean years. And, and uh, you know, we're just hoping to, you know, build off of this one and, and try to continue, you know, the success we've had this year. It takes a while to erase bad habits. And to me, that's what the Urban Meyer, if you want to call it an era in Jacksonville was. It was just like a bad habit after bad habit. Just all these things piled up. And Doug Peterson had a lot of uh, he had a lot of tough time early in the season kind of erasing those bad habits. But once everybody got on the same page and they started rolling, we've seen just how fun in, in this team can be. And part of the success of some of the teams you mentioned earlier, Michael, the Green Bay Packers, the the New England Patriots and some of the success that they've had. You can even throw the Pittsburgh Steelers in there for all the divisions that they've won over the last 15, 20 years. It's because they've been able to dominate their division. When the Patriots were winning Super Bowls and dominating the AFC East, I mean, every once in a while, a team would pop up. You know, the Jets, you know, went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games, but they weren't real threats in terms of long-term to what the Brady and Belichick era Patriots were building. You know, the Bears would jump up and win a division every now and then against the Packers, or the Vikings would jump up and win one. But they would still go and dominate the division, and that's a reason why they had such a good record at the end of the year. Jacksonville is in a pretty similar situation. I I don't trust Houston to turn it around anytime soon. Do you? Jackson? Excuse me. Indianapolis seems like they're very far away. They've been trying to live on borrowed time ever since they had Phillip Rivers. You know, going the last two seasons. Okay, let's try Carson Wentz. Oh, that didn't work out. Let's try Matt Ryan. Oh, that didn't work out. So maybe they just kind of blow up the whole thing, and they're a few years away. Jacksonville can really set up a base with Doug. Peterson with Trevor Lawrence where they can have some success and be the kings of that division for the next four or five years. Absolutely. And by the way, Gabe, you misclassified the Urban Meyer time. 
in Jacksonville. It was the Urban Meyer error. Not era, error. <laughs> error, yeah. Error. Yeah. That I, was I misspoke. what it was. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I, I thank you for calling me out on that. That was a mistake on my end. No, that's exactly what it was. Because that, but here's the thing. The fact that they are in the position that they are in the divisional playoffs a year after that, a year after. Listen, we, Gabe, you've been around. You've covered the league long enough. You have seen what happens with rookie quarterbacks, even guys who were number one picks, like a guy like David Carr. Like, when you are playing in a situation that is bad for you as a quarterback, as a young quarterback, that can completely destroy your confidence. And I think Trevor Lawrence should get a lot of credit for how he rebounded this year, especially once he got comfortable in Doug Peterson's systems and schemes for how they played. Because he played like a pro bowler in the second half of the year. He played like one of the best quarterbacks in the league in the second half of the year. And that is no small feat after you go through what you went through. Remember, he was the voice of reason in a room full of adults. And he's the youngest adult, including coaches last year. That's how bad it was in Jacksonville. KT Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. So looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. It's KT Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He's Michael Rothstein. In for the guys today and with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, and he's the, the you know, offensive-minded head coach, calls the plays. It just goes to show how important that position, play caller, is going to be. And so many teams in the NFL, I believe it's up to 10 now, are looking for offensive coordinators as a couple were released today. One deciding to step back on his own accord. That was uh, uh, Roman in, in Baltimore. And then in, in down, in Jack, excuse me, down in Tampa Bay, another Florida team, they fire Byron Leftwich. And whatever direction those franchises go, for Baltimore, presumably they want to keep uh, Lamar Jackson and around Tampa Bay, who knows if Tom Brady is going to be there, if they're going to have to draft there, you know, find a, a quarterback in the draft, maybe get involved in free agency or trades in that carousel with a number of different guys that could be available. But it's so important to have that right marriage between offensive, whether it's your head coach or just the offensive play caller and the quarterback. No, it is without question. And we've seen that, I think, for time immemorial, at least in the modern era of the NFL, as as this league has become more of a passing league, that, that synergy between quarterback and offensive coordinator has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's not going to work. Like, even in short stretches. Like, I remember when I was covering the Detroit Lions and they moved from Joe Lombardi to Jim Bob Cooter. And this was in 2015. And Jim Bob Cooter and Matthew Stafford started going playing like it was some of the best ball that Matthew Stafford had played once they started working together because Cooter was their quarterbacks coach beforehand like and it became this thing where it was the Stafford Cooter union and, and it began the whole thing for a while and it it seemed like it might work for a little while it eventually did not work but that marriage between the quarterback and the coordinator has to be smart has to be on point and if it's not you're not going to have success and that's why I think it's important for what Jim Harbaugh, or not John Harbaugh, sorry, wrong Harbaugh's, all wrong Harbaugh's Harbaugh. evolved. Well, <laughs> John, yeah, for, for what John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta said, that's why I think it's so important that they said that Lamar Jackson was going to be in the conversation for when they figure out a new coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I understand why you get the, uh, you know, the, the Harbaugh's confused there because, you know, Greg Roman's just worked for both of them for so, for so long. It, it's yes. hard to keep straight which one he's working for. No, it, it is. He's worked, by the way, this is a fascinating thing with Greg Roman. 
Every year since 2008, when he was a high school offensive coordinator, other than that, there are only two years since 2008 that he has not worked for a Harbaugh. That was 2015 and 16 when he was in Buffalo. Other than that, he worked for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford and then with the Niners and then with John Harbaugh since 2017. So it will be an interesting situation to see where Greg Roman lands. I will, however, laugh if he somehow ends up at Michigan. <laughs> it just ends up back with yet another Harbaugh. But it's it's going to be important for, to me, both of those franchises to absolutely find a way to nail this. And for Tampa Bay, I'm curious to see if they still have hope in Tom Brady. If they do, to me, they end up interviewing Bill O'Brien, who interviewed today for the vacant offensive coordinator position up in New England, which would be an interesting, um, you know, kind of homecoming for him going back to a place where he had a lot of success with Bill Belichick before he went and was the head coach and had some success down in Houston and now is the offensive coordinator at Alabama if he's looking to get back into the NFL. If Tampa Bay wants another shot at Tom Brady, to me, they're probably looking at somebody who has that familiarity with Tom Brady because at this point in Brady's career, he's probably looking for that familiarity and not looking to learn a brand new offense. You know, Clearly, there are going to be wrinkles and everything that you have to learn each and every year, but at least the base knowledge being there. But do you do that or do you end up, if you're Tampa Bay, going, okay, it'd be nice if we had Tom back, but at the same time, we have to move on. We have to start building for the future. And while it'd be nice to have, you know, Bill O'Brien here. We think somebody would be better off for the future. And by the way, I think the same thing potentially happening out in New York with the Jets who are looking to talk and have talked to Nathaniel Hackett, a former Packers offensive coordinator who whispers were out there about the only reason he got the Denver job is because they were hoping to lure Aaron Rodgers. Are the Jets trying to lure Aaron Rodgers with Nathaniel Hackett? To me, you just have to make the hire that's going to be the best for you in your long-term future instead of trying to mortgage something short-term for a Brady or a Rogers. No, I'm with you there. And that's an interesting connection that you made with Hackett and with Robert Sala and with the Jets, if that were to happen. But here's the thing with Bill O'Brien. Like, I'm an avid watcher of Shark Tank. Company man. Avid watcher of Shark Tank here. And on that show, often you hear when there's only one deal left and it's Kevin O'Leary who has it, all roads lead back to Mr. Wonderful. My theory is this. When you work for the New England Patriots, even if you go away... All roads lead back to Bill Belichick because that is what happens. You almost always end up back in the fold somehow or some way. Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. It would not shock me if Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels. It would not shock me if Bill O'Brien ends up back there. And I don't think that's a bad fit, by the way, because I think he can do a lot of work with Mac Jones and for Mac Jones to make him the quarterback they need him to be. And if not, maybe he can do it with Bailey Zappi. Like, there are options there with young quarterbacks in New England that I think make it really, really interesting, Gabe. Yeah, and in Baltimore, to me, it's just smart. If if they are serious about keeping Lamar Jackson around, and I, I admit, it's weird that he did not go and travel with the team for the playoff game. It just makes everything from the outside seem a little bit more icy than it actually is, and maybe this is just trying to soothe things over with the guy that you want to be the franchise quarterback because he's going to be a free agent. Involving Lamar Jackson in some sort of decision going forward of who his offensive play caller is going to be, it's only smart. It's only smart. Like really good organizations get people involved with the other. And I understand the guy's technically a manager of the offense and the Lamar Jackson. But if you bring in somebody that's going to be butting heads with Lamar, that's wasting another year or two of Lamar's youth the way it's kind of been wasted the last couple of years because. 
Greg Roman didn't update the offense from what it was back in 2019 and try to make it a little bit more friendly for Lamar Jackson. No, that's absolutely part of it because you have to figure out a way to make it work for Lamar. That's priority one right now if you are the Baltimore Ravens, if you are John Harbaugh. You have to make this work for Lamar Jackson because if you don't make it work for Lamar Jackson, even if you franchise tag him, which you're probably going to, Lamar Jackson might say, you know what? I don't see this offense working for me. Trade me. I'm not going to play next year because Lamar Jackson remembers his own agent too. So I have to think that they will not hire an offensive coordinator without making sure it makes sense to get the most out of him. But you know what they need to do, Gabe, more than anything else? They need to get him some wide receivers. Yes. Like spend money in free agent. Like even like and this would be if I were, you know, DeCosta and Harbaugh and I were talking to Lamar Jackson, I'd say, listen, we get we get what you want, but you want those you want those options. You've seen what we've done defensively. Take five million less and we'll go get you a number one wide receiver. We'll go get you a strong number two wide receiver if you believe Rashad Bateman's that number one. We will go get and commit to that for three years for you. Like, you need to show that commitment if you are the Ravens. And if I were the Ravens, I would also say to Lamar Jackson, listen, that contract you want, that could be prohibitive to us building the best team that we want. So if you're willing to do a little bit on our end, we will promise you, and we'll even put it in writing in the contract, we're going to go get you that receiver that you need. Yeah, and I think Rashad Bateman certainly showed promise in the games that he was able to play this year. Again, ended up having an injury, so he doesn't finish it, and... Mark Andrews has been the only consistent weapon that he's had. But yes, if you want Lamar Jackson, if part of if part of your issue for not signing him to a long term deal, and I understand you didn't want to give all that guaranteed money. And part of the reason you don't want to give all that guaranteed money is because he was injured at the end of the 2021 season and you missed the playoffs. Well, now he was unavailable at the end of the 2022 season and you lose in the first round of the playoffs. If you don't want him to run as much, it's simple. Get him weapons so he doesn't have to run. It's nice to have that. He certainly can use his legs, but I think Lamar Jackson has also shown that he can throw the football if you give him the requisite weapons that you need to be a successful offense in the NFL in 2023. Coming up next year on Canty and Carlin, is a small sample size enough for one title contender to stick with their quarterback long term? We'll get into that next after Michael tells you about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are heating up, and the easiest way to get in all the action is with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers join today to get started with $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, that's $5, just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to the player props. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose with promo code PLAY. That's P-L-A-Y. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And you can also listen to us on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He's Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys today. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. There is a lot, and I mean a lot, of love for Brock Purdy out there. And look, I get it, but I kind of feel about Brock Purdy the same way I feel about Chick-fil-A, where there are just way too many people who are way overly enthusiastic about it. Like, by the time I actually had my first Chick-fil-A sandwich, Michael Rothstein, like, if that chicken sandwich didn't change my life, like, it was going to be overrated. And now people think that I hate Chick-fil-A. No, it's a it's, it's chicken, chicken sandwich. It's a good chicken sandwich. I just don't think it's as good as everybody else. And with Brock Purdy, I feel the same way. Like, yeah, he's been fine, but I don't think he's the second coming of Tom Brady by any stretch of the imagination. And, and the, the love has been pouring out there to the point where now we're having the conversation of is Brock Purdy going to be the long-term starter in San Francisco going forward? I don't think anybody believes Jimmy G sticking around. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. But then you still have Trey Lance, who you traded three first-round picks to go get a couple of seasons ago. Is Brock Purdy the the long-term solution in San Francisco? I think he might be. By the way, I'm with you on Chick-fil-A because mostly because I can't eat it. I can't eat gluten, so Chick-fil-A ends up being not part of my dietary regimen. Uh, I, I just can't do it. It's unfortunate. Sorry, Chick-fil-A. But it, it's just not we're, – we're just not friends. It's just not going to work because <laughs> I'll, I'll just get sick, and, and nobody wants – I mean, there are probably some people listening who want that, but I don't want it. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. All right, so – our friends in Bristol who are running the board clearly now hate Gabe and I, so expect the rest of the show to go off the rails. But listen, Brock Purdy, I think will I think he very much should be in the conversation to be the starter in San Francisco in 2023, in part because of this. Everything he has done to this point, and I get he hasn't played the toughest defenses in the world, but this guy came in off the bench, first game, goes and beats and honestly helped by the defense, but annihilates Miami in Miami. Then all he does is every game he's played and he's thrown multiple touchdown passes. Remember, last week, he became the first quarterback in NFL history, like to uh, first rookie quarterback, sorry, to account for five touchdowns. Like this guy 
has done and exceeded expectations every step of the way. I think people are just looking for reasons to discount him solely because of where he was drafted and because it's fun to make fun of Mr. Irrelevant and say, Mr. Irrelevant, suddenly relevant. No. Like, he is playing well. If he was not a seventh-round pick, if he was a fourth or a fifth-round pick, no one would be questioning this right now. You would be looking at the production, and you would be saying, hey, young man, you're playing in a great world. Just spin it. That's a book by Colin McCann. Like, I'm just saying, this is a guy that I truly believe should be in the conversation going forward. But I just think the love has gone too far. Like, I I saw throws being posted on social media, like, oh, look at this throw. And it's like, well, actually, that wasn't a very good throw. He just kind of got lucky (laughs) it was completed. Like, he he led somebody into a safety that should have been there, but they were playing a bad defense against Seattle, so that wasn't the case. When he goes up against... Assuming the right Dallas defense shows up on Sunday, because that Dallas defense has been up and down all year, even if they win that game, if they go up against presumably what's been a pretty good Philly defense, I think he's going to make some mistakes. I just don't think he's just... He very well could be really good going forward, but he's still a rookie, and and that's the way I look at it. Not just a seventh-round rookie, but a rookie. And rookies make mistakes. I know he's got a fantastic coach, and everybody loves Shanahan. I'm among them. I, what Shanahan's been able to do, and it helps that you have the weapons like Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Debo Samuel. You've got all these weapons around you that you can use to your disposal. And Shanahan has done a tremendous job of taking a lot of pressure off of Purdy. But he's gonna he's a, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes, and that's not a bad thing. That's not yeah. that's just something that's going to happen. And that's fine. And that's the thing. When you're talking about going forward, I'm talking about going forward. Do I think he'll make mistakes at some point here? Yes, I do. But when we're, you're talking about going forward, remember this as well. He has had not an offseason of preparation. When he was in San Francisco during training camp after the draft, he was the number three quarterback. Yes, he was getting some work because Jimmy G was off on a separate field and not really part of the team. But... This is the thing, right? He was not developed at any point to be the starting quarterback this year. Imagine him being developed for a year. Imagine Kyle Shanahan having an entire offseason of game plan with knowing Brock Purdy is his starter based off of what we've seen so far. Listen, is it possible this is just one really cool run, kind of like in some ways what Jeremy Lin did? A few sure. like about a decade ago, when Sanity, Sanity. You can forget it exactly, and and maybe he comes to the me. But guess what? Jeremy Lin ended up being a productive NBA player for what eight nine years. Like to me, I think there's a good chance Brock Purdy has staying power here because he has not faltered in high pressure situations all along the way. So even if it doesn't go well against Dallas, Gabe, I don't think that means you walk away from him. Sure, you can ask you can ask some questions at that point, but I don't think it means you walk away from him necessarily because again, he has proven he has been proven what he can do versus the potential of Trey Lance. And I don't think we'd be talking about Trey Lance like this, Gabe, if he wasn't a first-round pick as the number three overall pick in the draft. We're talking about potential. Or as Hubie Brown likes to say, upside. Like, no. <laughs> like, but, that's but you the sunk thing. so much into Trey Lance. Like, aren't you trying to get something in return? Because I can't imagine coming off of what he what, played a game and a half, two games, whatever it was early this season before he got hurt and Jimmy G had to come in and he had a second ankle surgery, still should be ready for OTAs. So he's sure. still going to be ready for all your summer things if, if you're a team that wants to trade for Trey Lance. But if the Niners make Trey Lance available, what's 
I mean, you're not getting a ton in return, are you? You're not getting back the three first-round picks you spent on them. Do you maybe get a first-rounder back? Maybe. Maybe. I just don't know what his trade value is if you decide to move on from Trey Lance. Well, I think it might depend on how much people believe in him. And also, don't forget, like he's been developed by one of the better quarterback developers out there in Kyle Shanahan, one of the smartest offensive minds in the NFL, if not the smartest offensive mind in the NFL. So I think that there will be value there. It would just a matter, be a matter of what system he would go into. A place like Tennessee might make a lot of sense. Again, Rand Carthon, the new general manager in Tennessee, came from San Francisco. Trey Lance sent some cryptic tweet Instagram messages about maybe Tennessee. To me, actually, Tennessee would make a lot of sense on a lot of levels because you're talking about what you're giving back. Maybe you can work Ryan Tannehill on that back, and then that gives San Francisco a fail-safe option in case you do go with Brock Purdy and it doesn't work out. You can still win games with Ryan Tannehill and then address the quarterback situation down the road. Yes. You don't think that you can win games with Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. I, I think Ryan Tannehill's done. I think maybe I think I've I've seen enough right. of Ryan Tannehill where it may yes, he can be your backup at this point, but I think Ryan Tannehill the days of Ryan Tannehill being a serious starter for a serious NFL team, I think, are behind us. Uh, I don't know. I uh, see here's the thing though, a place like San Francisco where you have everything around him. I think you can still manage that. And again, you're looking at it as a break glass in case of Brock Purdy failure situation if you make that move. This is Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio. Coming up next, I've been looking forward to this. If you think Michael Rothstein has been fired up, wait till you wait till you hear next segment because he's one of the most respected quarterbacks, respected quarterbacks in the NFL. Somehow being disrespected, we dive into that next. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Look, I I feel that when we reach this point of the postseason... There are, you know, teams that are, are certainly favorites, and there are teams that that are here that are fun, and they're taking the next steps. The Jacksonville Jaguars, certainly one of those teams that are have been fun to watch. 
five-game winning streak to end the regular season to get in. They win their postseason game last week in wild fashion, down 27-0. They rally, they beat the Los Angeles Chargers. And joining us now to discuss more of his team, it is Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram. So, Evan, let's just start there. You're down 27-0. The team has five turnovers what is going through the offense's mind before you guys go on that drive to cut the lead down to 20 before half and then go on the run you did in the second half? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I think the guys were just kind of focused on just, you know, stopping the bleeding. Um, it was uh, – we had four turnovers as offense, and then we had the muff punt that made it that made it pretty much five. So, um Everybody was just kind of, you know, trying to just keep their composure. Um, and defense got us a, a, a nice big a, a big stop before um, with like a couple minutes left in the first half. And he, that was just a good opportunity for us to just go put a drive together. And um, that's, that's one of our strengths is, is two-minute. Uh, I feel like all season long we've done a good job of two minutes just going fast and getting downfield and getting in a position to score before half. And, you know, we executed and – um, we definitely accomplished a, a goal that we had to uh, to help lead uh, lead us get out of that hole. Hey Evan, when you're when you're training down at Pinnacle in Marietta in the off season, when you're focusing with with Coy and on all those guys, like at what point do you realize maybe you're in for the season that you have? Seventy three catches, seven hundred sixty six yards, best statistical season at least of your career. How do you how do you know about Pinnacle, man? Because I was there with you one day. Uh, during your training. We met, actually. Uh, I don't know if you remember okay. me or not. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, nah, man. Hey, I've, I've, been, uh, I've, been working at, I've been working with Coy and, you know, JT for, for two years now, and obviously these guys, um, those guys are changing the game, um, and they've definitely, uh, they've, they've helped change mine um, and just, just better me as an athlete and um, so many skills I've, I've gained and, you know, my, I've, I've, I've improved so much working with them, and so um, you know that's that's just the expectation. That's the standard that you know I always have as a as a competitor and as an athlete is, you know, put the hard work in and and then just be ready for opportunity opportunities to show it. So um, honestly, those those guys are my my biggest supporters. So I, I'm pretty sure that they've been they've been kind of seeing it um, and ready for you know a season like this for a while, especially with myself. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of great work working down there, and it's, it's put me in position. You know, even my body now. Um, it, I'm still in great shape. I, I, I still feel healthy and, and fresh, and those guys are a big part of that too. Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram joining us on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He's Michael Rothstein in for the guys. And this is your first season in Jacksonville, so you didn't have to deal with a lot of the drama that went on in Jacksonville last year. But there were still some rough times at the beginning of the year, and you needed to win those final five games. What was the difference as the season went along? What improvements did you see within this team? Um, I think everybody just, you know, took accountability and, and uh, looked themselves in the mirror um, on, on how they can get better um, and, and what can they do to improve and um, what product on the field can can everybody put um, on the field at the same time as a team effort. And um, everybody just kind of stuck together. You know, nobody panicked. Nobody, uh, nobody quit. Nobody tapped out. Like, everybody, every single week, you know, everybody showed up, you know, trying to find an answer. Um, and, and trying to trying to turn over every stone um, that we can to help us, you know, get out of this little jam that we were in, and um, and all those games we lost were like one score games. So it wasn't like you know we we had no identity and, and 
games are getting out of hand and we're just the teams are just better than us like all those games came down to one uh, one particular moment or you know one particular part of the game where we could always be better so um, you know we all understood that and uh, we also nobody made any excuses um, you know everybody just continued to put the work in and it, it, it started to pay off. Evan you guys were in Kansas City two months ago what what's the challenge of playing there and maybe how has this team changed from when you were there to now? Um, man, I mean it's it's definitely one of the uh the most electric places to play um in, in the in the country. Um, you know, uh, playing in the SEC and uh, being being went going to Alabama and L S U and Florida and uh, and all these big, you know, these college experiences uh, you know, coming to the NFL, um, some some stadiums quite aren't like those, but Arrowhead is uh, for sure. Um, and uh, the, their fans are very passionate. The Chiefs are a great team, so um, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, and you know, we playing there this year. Obviously, it's going to help us, but it's playoffs is different. Um, this is their first, their, their first. Uh, this is the start to their Super Bowl run that you know they're trying to get to. So, um, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us and. Uh, I definitely believe our team is is a lot better now. Um, every single player has improved since that game. Um, the coaches have, you know, improved and, and found different, um, you know, uh, schemes and, and things that um, that we've gotten better at uh, since then. So, um, and you know, they, they've gotten better too. So it's you know, it's it's a unique matchup. It's going to be a great. It's going to be a great time. Um, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Um, but we we feel confident and you know going in. Evan, we certainly appreciate the time. We know you're busy this week. Best of luck as you take on the Chiefs in Kansas City on Saturday. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Evan Ingram, he is a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, career here, career year for him in terms of yeah. yards, in terms of catches in Jacksonville. So he certainly was a beneficiary of everything that's happening in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence really coming into his own down there in Jacksonville as they've got a tough one coming up against the Chiefs in Kansas City. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, we are going to get, I mean, we were we teed it up, we were trying to get there to the disrespected, respected quarterback. Plus, what are some of the playoff obstacles for the remaining playoff teams? That's coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.